What's up, all you Dallas fans? Welcome to today's podcast at All in One Dallas Sports. It's me, co host Mac, the other co host, Jake Riding. We're going to be getting to the Dallas Mavericks today. And I'll, as always, do a little bet talk before we get into it. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football season around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. Use promo code DIRK41, that's all caps, at BetUS.com to receive a 125% sign-up bonus after a deposit of $50 or more. BetUS has aligns for any game you can dream of while allowing you to bet live sports across the globe. From the live casino to the horse tracks, BetUS has you covered in every front. Remember to use promo code DIRK41, all caps, at BetUS.com in order to receive your 125% sign-up bonus at the best sports book there is. So, Bet Talk is pretty much going to be covered on Twitter this week. Uh, it's 4 o'clock on a Tuesday. You know, there's, it's not too exciting right now, so we'll be tweeting out plays all throughout this week especially going into the weekend a lot of important uh nfl going on nba's pretty much every night uh yeah look look out on twitter for those picks but and if you've been wondering the NBA, before we move on if you've been wondering why haven't they been tweeting picks out well you might not be following the right account anymore all the picks are at all in one bets that's at capital a-I-O-D underscore capital B, then lowercase E-T-S. Go there for all the picks. We're not tweeting them out on the main account. We don't want to flood everyone's Twitter. Because um, people follow us who, you know, don't sports bet. People follow us just for information or, you know, funny tweets or just want to interact with us. So we're moving all the sports betting to a different account where it will only be about sports betting. So make sure to follow us there for the picks. Yeah, it's kind of like how Bleacher Report always pushes Bleacher Report betting. Yeah. It's always like, stop doing that. Exactly. Yeah, talk, talking about NBA, uh, Dallas Mavericks, 9-4, looking terrible at some points, but trending up right now and sort of getting their footing, I think. Yeah, it seems so. They, you know... Started with an awful point differential and, you know, squeezing out these wins against these subpar teams and couldn't beat a playoff team. Um, that's kind of changed now, you know. Um, never apologize for a win. I'll tell you that. I don't care. <laughs> Jokic and the entire starting lineup's out. Never apologize for a win against a good team. Um, got the win yeah. out, handled business. And they are looking a lot better uh, over the past few games. Um, so that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, got the win over the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic certainly certainly did his thing. But, uh, yeah, Mavs just outplayed them off- offensively. Uh, KP looked phenomenal. And I've, I've thrown some KP hate around, some KP trade scenarios. So uh, I'll watch my tongue from here on out. But, you know, is, what, how sustainable do you think his play is, Mac? 
I think it's sustainable to a point. I think that, you know, he might not score 28, 29 every single night, but I think he could get into the 24 range. And I think mainly, I think the big issue here, or not big issue, but big thing, his plays improved and he's also played more minutes as the only five. Um, I think that's something that's going to continue and we'll get into it when we talk a little about, um, about the Nuggets game, but he just looked good. He's his movement, like KP before would never drop step. KP post up a little guy. Yeah. And when he posts up a little guy, he's getting position. He got position a couple different times, right at the basket, quick spin move, dunked it against the Nuggets. Like things like that, I think are sustainable. Um, so I, I feel like it is sustainable. I don't think it's three-point shooting, how hot he's shooting right now. I think it's 50%. But 60, 63% is is not sustainable. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been very encouraging for what, um, you know, most people expect from KP. Yeah. And in the last two games, uh, Luca has 11 assists to KP. So that, that kind of shows you – and that's really encouraging for me because that shows me he's not having to create, you know, Luca's like the best creator in the league and we're letting him do his thing, you know, while KP's finding success, uh, you know, especially on those threes at the top of the key. That's kind of like their signature where KP will pick and pop. Luca will drive to the basket and lo and behold, top of the key, KP's wide open and it's just a kickback to him. And, that's kind of what Rick's offense kind of seemed to be like, maybe more more all around the three point line, but I like more of what I'm seeing lately. Yeah, and it kind of seems like, you know, I wouldn't call him a big four, but it almost seems like the Mavs have a big four: um, Luca, KP, Tim, and Jalen Brunson, like. Those are guys on any given night who could give you 30. Um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with Luka. Um, but, you know, Tim in the second half of that game last night really came on. Um, he's phenomenal. You know, J- JB's just consistent, dude. Like, he's super consistent. Um, and, like, those four are our main scorers. And, you know, I don't ever mind if KP's the leading scorer. And, like, you know, like, I already know Luka's going to get his, but, like, letting Luca play make and letting these other guys flourish around him and the regular season is going to bode well for the playoffs comparative to years in the past, or I guess just last year with Luca, you know, it's a lot of ball dominant heavy stuff in the regular season as well in the playoffs. It's just amplified sharing the ball a little bit more. I think will just bode well. And if you know, if you ever need to go back to ball dominant Luca, it's not difficult to switch back to that. But it's difficult to switch to a cohesive offense where everyone's sharing the ball and Luka's off ball. It's hard to implement that in a playoff game. But just giving Luka the ball and saying clear out is pretty simple. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, he can always, you know, when he starts getting in the flow, he can, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants, you know, especially on those ISOs. He's hitting, you know, Dirk fades over Jokic. Yeah, but uh, you ever seen a six eleven guy post up six eleven guy and just and dominate? Jokic is having like a career defensive year. He's, yeah, 
he's playing crazy around the rim on both sides. Um, yeah, he had 35 in this game, 35 and 16 in this game on 15 for 26. So he he was eating, but <clears throat> yeah, we're not here to talk about him, obviously. Let's let's jump into this Three. game. Yeah, let's do it. I was going to talk about it. So one first thing that jumps out to me is we kind of found our eight <clears throat> and like our our eight man rotation, and Frank and Dwight played about the same minutes. Right, 16, 17 range, which I like that Frank is trending up because him, Reggie, and Jalen are just like a, a nice trio off the bench. Yeah, like that uh, that lineup to start the fourth quarter where they went on a 14 to four, 14 to two run. It was Reggie, Tim, Jalen, uh, Frank, and Dorian, and that small ball lineup kind of caught the Nuggets off guard. And you know that's something that I think any championship caliber team um, should have on their roster is the ability to go small. You don't have to go small, but having the ability and playing like spot minutes here and there, you know, they're not going to use a small ball lineup against the Sacramento Kings or the Houston Rockets or any bad team, but a game like the Nuggets, a top team in the West, you kind of use those, you got to be more strategic in what you do. And another example of them being strategic throughout the game is they waited for KP to be that lone big to where he'd guard Jokic until around the four or five minute mark of that fourth quarter. And they said, look, we're going to go win the game right here. Like, let's close this out. This is the lineup. And I like that it was versatile going small and bringing KP in. Um, so I don't know. It was I thought it was a super impressive win, you know, a rough second quarter and they just didn't let the game get too out of hand and were able to come back in that fourth quarter run by that small ball lineup really helped push them over the top and be able to finish the game out strong. Yeah. And takeaways, I'll just say from the fourth quarter, Dwight Powell did not play. Yeah. Round of applause. Uh, Reggie Bullock pretty much played the entire fourth and he was plus 17 alone and <clears throat> KP didn't score in the fourth either. And Tim got most of his points, you know, 13 and you know, everything I just listed, is just really, really positive. Uh, you know, Reggie, a guy coming off the bench, you know, him playing the entire fourth showed that he was a difference maker in that lineup that we had in there, you know, him, uh, Jalen, and Tim, all three of them at once, it's it's a pretty offensively in, you know, Jalen and Tim struggle with defense, but they're capable. But it's a pretty offensive, offensively dynamic group. Yeah, and that's why you have guys like Dorian and Frank out there with them in that small ball lineup and, you know, have some defense, but have some uh, playmaking and offense. I think one thing um the Mavs have been doing over the past couple games or in November they're actually the second best offensive rating um in the league so the offense is coming what a slow start some people were freaking out about um it's obviously the corner's been turned I think um I don't know if you can like be like yeah they're officially turned the corner but for the most part it seems like they've turned the corner um and you know you just got a really tough stretch of games here um Coming yeah, up. That that was a great, great win. That was that was the first of seven games that, you know, aren't gonna decide the math season because it's very early, but 
you know, if you can walk away from this stretch of seven games at five and two, it's a very impressive, very impressive. Even four uh, and three would be impressive. Yeah, even four and three would be impressive, but I'd love to see the the five and two. Um, a lot of road game. You got four road games coming up. So for those who don't know the stretch, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's the Nuggets, which was last night. Suns in Phoenix twice. Clippers in L.A. twice. Come back home, play the Wizards and the Cavs to end the month of November. But I'll say this. I'll say this. Evan Mobley's out for a couple weeks now. That Cavs game, must win right there. Jared Allen's going to eat, but Colin Sexton's out. If Mobley's out too, that team's completely different. Um, You know, so I – I'd ideally would love to split with the Suns. You know, the Suns are a good team. The Suns always play the Mavs really well. But I'd love to split. If we could split with them. They own us. Yeah, they do. And then, you know, get the Wizards at home after four days of rest, three days of rest. Um, Like, you play the Clippers Tuesday. Next game's against the Wizards. So, I mean, hopefully by then, well-rested after this road trip. And I... Five and two, I think, is very accomplishable. You know, we're at one and zero right now with six to go. Um, I think it's very doable, and it'd be very impressive. Yeah, I think the I think the Clippers series is going to be tough because we're coming off, you know, a two game uh, road stretch against a really tough team, and then just going even farther away from home to play two more in L.A. I think but if, if we can just split the LA series, that's a success. I, if it makes you feel better, uh, the Clippers are on the second night of a back-to-back, and then have a day off and come play us. They're also on a road trip, but they're not in one spot. So I, you know, that's good. I, I'm, I feel confident. I think that the Mavs will take care of the Clippers, especially because the Clippers have a lot of injuries still. Um, Serge Ibaka is in the G League right now, man. TV was on the other day. It was on a little too long. Gets into a G League game. Next thing I know, Serge Bach has taken the tip. I was like, what? Hold wow. Um, Are you serious? I yeah. Guess just getting them right back into it. They were showing, you know, like um, Hardy. Is it Jalen Hardy? It was all the prospects on the G League Ignite. Um, that's why it was a televised game, like right around the Duke uh kentucky game i think it was the night after it's like that whole college basketball week where they're showcasing prospects serge Ibaka was the center um i was like yeah it's probably the oldest player in the g league league." ever yeah oh what about the lakers uh who was it he was on the g he was like a math tutor what's his name andre um, yeah he's in the g league for like 14 years like yeah, heard and played like one game or played a couple. But Andre, like, I know who you're talking about. I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, the uh, yeah, wow, Serge Ibaka in the G League. Yeah, let's send the. Uh, it would be like Boban being in the G League. Yeah. Andre Ingram. That was it. That was it. Yeah, an absolute legend. Yeah, yeah. He came in and poured like 25 on someone. Uh, what did he do after that, though? Probably back yeah. to the G League after his next couple games. <laughs> Man, he's he's a math tutor. He's a he's a smart guy. 
But yeah, it's been a great start to the season. Um, you know, yeah. anytime, anytime you're third in a Western Conference, great start. I think we both said we'd be top four. Um, I think we're still holding true to that. Um, and we're not even we, – we started off playing bad. Like, it, to our standards, we were playing bad. Mm-hmm. And we, we came out – you know, I said we started probably playing good a few games ago. But we were, I think, 7-3. and three. Maybe seven and two. Then we went seven and three. But yeah, we, seven and three playing not to your standards is pretty incredible. And those three losses were to good teams, and the wins were kind of against, you know, subpar middle of the road teams. But nonetheless, you know, we Milwaukee is the eleventh seed. Atlanta's the twelfth seed. Yeah. So it's a it's been know, a crazy start lose. to the year. Yeah, it's been a crazy start to the year. Um, Lakers are injured. Yeah, Lakers are well, LeBron, injured. Who is the Lakers? Yeah. Um. So, you gonna jump into just an NBA segment since we haven't talked NBA or Mavs in a while? Yeah, let's do it. What has been the most impressive team in the Western Conference to you? Most impressive in the Western Conference. I think mine. Would have to be I mean, Golden State. I, 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 would, I was going to say Golden State, but <coughs> nine of their first 12 games were all home games. They had seven straight home games played, and two of their road games were in the state of California. Really and so I think this is a little, you know, this is a little fluky. They're kind of on pace to, like, break their own record or get damn near close, but they're going to even out real quick. I think that, but I I think they'll finish. They're still, it's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, They they just dropped one of the Hornets. They also just haven't played great competition. Like, you know, the bulls game, that was a great game, but that's also bulls are on a second night of back to back. You know, they played the Hawks, but the Hawks aren't great. You play the Pelicans Hornets twice, you know, like you're playing the Kings, the Thunder, they play the I'm going to say the Nuggets for my team. I think, <laughs> you know, dealing with Michael Porter back stuff, Jamal Murray's obviously out, uh, kind of bouncing around with injuries. You know, Jokic suspended the game after that whole fight. And at the end of it all, they're right behind us, four seed, yeah. nine and five. And he's so, Jokic is so, so good. So and the players around him are not. You know, it's no, it's not star power by any means. Aaron Gordon, Austin Rivers, PJ Dozier, Kim Pazzo, Monty uh, Morris. Morris, you know, missing Jamal Murray. That's not very stellar, and he's, you know, he's leading the way. They've, they've been pretty impressive, and his defense is through the roof right now. Yeah, I think that, I think at least last time I checked, which might have been a couple of days ago, but they were the second best team. Uh, defensive rating wise, which was pretty shocking. Um, but one other team, not really a team, but a player that's impressed me, Paul George. Paul George. He's having a great year this year. Um, this is the first time it's been his team since really Indiana or ever. Um, yeah, not really even OKC. You know, no, he, he, he was like Russ. the third MVP candidate, but that's Russ's team. 
Yeah, and even when he was on Indiana, you know, it was Danny Granger's team. Then it was kind of Paul George's team, but also Roy Hibbert was such a. But yeah, you know, you know that playoff run, uh, the, the famous one where they went against Miami. Roy Roy Hibbert averaged more points than Paul George. That's crazy. You know, he, I mean, this ob- is, obviously more rebounds. Yeah, but this is like the first year he is the number one option, and there is not a clear cut number two. And you could yeah. argue like Reggie Jackson. Yeah, but like the gap between one and two is so bad. If that's unless it's the Reggie Jackson against the Mavs in the playoffs last year. Yeah, or just Reggie Jackson in the playoffs because dude was. Yeah, he was on one. Um, we'll do okay. East team. We'll do an East team each, and then we'll go with just one team that's been disappointing this year. I mean, unanimously has to be the Wizards. Yeah. Like I, I expected them to be, I, I expected them to be. Well, you know, the, I don't know, but I expected them to be like good, you know, uh-huh. competent, competing, but one seed after 13, 14 games. <coughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's very impressive of what they've done. Um, I'm gonna go on a flip side. I'm not gonna say the Wizards. Um, I'm gonna say the Cavs. The Cavs are super impressive. Like. They've beaten really good teams. They've played great defense, you know. Um, Mobley's very good. Mobley's very good. He's kind of just like changing the culture a little bit, kind of like what I feel like Scotty Barnes is doing. Um, you know, like Mobley's so good that it lets Jared Allen be even better, I guess, and it lets those guards just play very like ball heavy, and it kind of works for that team. And you know, like. Having another, they have three seven footers out there on the court, like Mark and um, Mobley and Jared Allen. It's kind of crazy what they've been doing, but it's been impressive. So I'm gonna have to give them the nod because they're they're a nine and five. You know, Mobley got injured. Like that's kind of absurd. That's like the same record as the Miami Heat, who were two weeks ago considered the best team in the NBA. Oh, so it's been, and they're doing this without Colin Sexton right now, who's arguably their. He's at least a top three player um, for their team. Yeah, and some of their losses were the Suns, healthy Lakers, uh, Wizards. You know, it's not it's not riddled with like these ugly losses everywhere. Yeah, they're uh, they're beating teams. They're they're playing really good. They are. Yeah, um, disappointing team in the East. Or just we'll do East or West. So I don't feel like there's a ton of disappointing teams in the. West per se because I don't know I just it's kind it's of like kind of expected yeah and like there might be a couple game difference between I don't know like, I mean you might not Buck think Blazers should like, be seven and eight but like at the same time like seeing the teams above them you're like okay yeah I see why they're seven and eight like there's some other good team yeah, yeah we kind of touched on Bucks Hawks I think those are kind of easy easy picking ones but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Pacers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really thought this was like the team for, you know, and it's it's totally new. I'm not just saying they're done and it'll never work, but there's a lot. They're a really, really talented team. They have a lot of really good players. Yeah. And they're just dropping games all over. They're six and nine, uh, losing teams that they should, you know, routinely be beating. Uh, they just haven't really found it yet. I think a lot of that was a slow start due to some injuries. 
I will say that. You know, Karis LeVert just came back um, pretty recently, so I think that's going to help. You know, they're still missing T.J. Warren. Um, but I still I, – I think they'll find a way into the playoffs um, yeah. just because, like, so their past five games, they beat the Kings, they beat the Jazz on the road, 76ers and Knicks. Um, their one loss was to the Nuggets, but just a very slow start. And maybe they turned around. Maybe that was just some luck. But I'm going to say my disappointing team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, you know, being 4-9 is not super disappointing, but... It's pretty bad. They won 7 of 11 games to end the year last year. That with D'Lo, Ant, and Cat all healthy. And, you know, I thought that would move into this year and they'd be like pretty good if not very good and they started the year off three and oh and since then they are one and eight so not not what you want to do if you're the timberwolves and it just seems like they need more and the games that they have been playing they've been getting blown out um they might make the score closer at the end but there's points in each game where they're down 20 points and see that video of cat walking away yes yeah, just like things like say, that. It just seems like I don't know. I think he like, just wants out, like right now. Yeah, like I feel like him, D'Lo, and Ant just aren't gonna work. And I feel like you just gotta pick. Honestly, just like if I was a Timberwolves, I trade D'Lo and Malik Beasley, and I try to get Ben Simmons. If that doesn't work. Just ship off these guys and just build around Ant. Like you're not gonna be competing. Yes. The West is very competitive. It's just going to be more competitive in future years. Like before Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, is going to be competing for a championship. He's going to be in the league for like four or five years at least before he legitimately competes. So why not use this time to get assets for these great other pieces you have and build around and like you build a team around one dude. You don't build it around three guys and you're like, oh, well, who do we need a power forward? Well, this guy would work really well with Cat. But this guy's going to work really well with Anthony Edwards. Like, just build around Ant, move move on. I think it's simple. I agree. They're pretty underwhelming. Very disappointed with their talent. Uh, just haven't been able to put it together since Kevin Love. They just don't really know what they're doing. And you'd think they would. I, they have a lot of talent compared to – you couldn't tell me – are the Thunder more talented than them? Yeah, like the Thunder are more talented. Like, no. Like, even the even... Blaze, you know, take Dame out of the equation. Who's Who else on the Blazers? You know, CJ's skilled, but I'm, I'll take Ant over CJ. Yeah, I'm taking Cat over CJ. I'm taking, you know, like, he's CJ's better than D'Lo, but it's, I like, even Memphis, you know, like, who's got <laughs> talent? Like, John Morant's probably the best player out of all of them, but, you know, Probably two, three, and maybe even four might be on the Timberwolves. Um, and they just – they seem to be missing that veteran presence too. And it was – I think it was very stupid of them to trade Ricky Rubio because dude's been balling out in Cleveland. Um, and you can never underestimate the power and presence of a veteran, especially a veteran point guard who can help these young guys run a system and not just play pickup basketball. Um yeah, that's enough about Timberwolves. Enough about them. <laughs> All in one Timberwolves. All in one Timberwolves. 
Yeah. Any closing thoughts on the Mavs? Um, I think I think it's just trending up from here on out. You know, the schedule's going to get a little tougher uh, as they as they get into it, but I think they're just going to get better. So, yeah. turning up three seed, uh, you know, two games behind first. Uh, you know, strap in, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, and uh, we did take a little break from everything. We both got pretty sick, and you know, school and all that on top of it. Um, Life happened. Been out of town. Life happens. We're getting back into it. Trying to give you all the best news. We'll be doing another pod later this week about the Cowboys. A little college football. Um, Don't know if you guys saw. We got all one Dallas sports. Got some media passes uh, down in Baton Rouge. Got on the field. Crazy cool experience. Um, Everyone else who was on the field, all in one Dallas followers. So mm, if you want to get on the field, Follow us on Twitter. All on Sports. You heard the man. You heard him. All right. Well, look for our next podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. Peace and love, baby.